And all of us probably have a Spotify playlist called Road Trip. One of you do. You should ask Sean Jim what's on his playlist. You might be surprised. Uh, I promise you, you will be surprised, actually. Uh, but all of, this, all of this talk of travel reflects our lives in some way. We're all on a journey in this life, right? It seems trite to say that, but our life is actually a journey. The longer you live, the more you realize that. When you're younger, you know, you sprint to the next thing. You're, you're sprinting on to the next thing. If I can just get this degree, if I can just graduate high school, if I can just get this degree, if I can just get married, if I can just have kids, if I can just get this job, and you're going, and you're going, and everything's a sprint, and you're out of breath, and you come to the end, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I was supposed to be running a marathon. I, I started too fast. This life is a journey. And wherever you live today, it's not your final destination. Even if you stay in Corvallis the rest of your life, you are on your way somewhere. Even the grave itself is not your final destination. We will all be raised in the twinkling of an eye. We are on a journey here, and it's, it's a dangerous journey. So I wonder, what playlist would you choose for the journey of life? Which playlist would you choose? Would you choose the band Journey? Would you choose something else to get you through, to power through, you know, like the workout playlist or, uh, you know, a, a classical playlist? Well, God in his kindness has given you a playlist for this journey of life. It's called actually the book of Psalms. Whether you are traveling, moving, or living in the same place, God has given you songs to sing that reflect every situation you might be in and every emotion you might feel. John Calvin, in his commentary on the Psalms, says it like this, the Psalms are an anatomy of all the parts of the soul. There is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not here in the Psalms represented as in a mirror. Or rather, the Holy Spirit, here in the Psalms, drawn to the life, drawn to the life, all the griefs, sorrows, fears, doubts, hopes, cares, perplexities, in short, all the distracting emotions with which the minds of men are wont to be agitated or anxious. Want to be agitated just means anxious. If you're anxious in this life, if you're distracted, if you have emotions, the Psalms are the place for you to go to express those emotions back to God. You, are you anxious on this journey of life? God has a Psalm for you. And God's musical playlist for this journey is for the happy and the anxious. It's for, and as you scroll through this playlist, so you'll see that it's, it's eclectic. There's, there are melancholy songs that rip your heart out, right? Songs that, you know, Chicago would have been proud to write. Nobody else knows. <laughs> Thank you, dear sister in the back, for knowing what I'm talking about. Uh, or Adele, or whoever is your, you know... Uh, breakup songs, but the general, you know, and, and, and there are songs in the highest praise that, that, you know, that put you on the mountaintop. And in the general flow of the song, Psalms, though, you might be surprised that the Christian life is not all uh, sunshine and roses. It's not all happiness. The Christian life reflected in the Psalms, actually, there are more Psalms of lament, Psalms of sorrow, than there are of praise and thanksgiving. Uh, 
the Psalms of Lament take up the first portion of the few, few books, the first few books of the Psalms, and it reminds us that life is actually sorrowful at times. We are, it's okay to lament, it's okay to, to, to look to God in sorrow, but all of the time, the lament works towards praise. It, it, the flow of the book is from sorrow to praise, and that's the flow of our life. That's what this journey is. We're sorrowing this side of Eden because of our sin and the sin that's done to us, and yet we're, we're, we're going from sorrow to praise because God has moved us from death to life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It ends with hope and praise. So Psalm 3, one of the very first psalms in, in the book, is a lament psalm. But even in the, in the very psalm, it ends with hope and praise. It begins, how many are my foes? How many are my foes? There's fighting, there's, there's, there's war. But the book, the, the psalm, Psalm 3, ends with salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. So even in his sorrow, he's looking to God. He's looking to God in hope that God is gonna make all things right one day. Every psalm teaches us that no matter where we are emotionally in distress or feeling thankful, feeling anxious or feeling tranquil, no matter our situation, we should go to God with all of it, to pray, to sing, to cry out. Friends, if you get anything from this, this journey of life, the Christian life, makes Christians long for our true home in God's presence and calls us to live here like we belong there. The, the journey that we're on, this, this sorrowful journey that will end up in praise, makes Christians long for our true home in God's presence and calls us to live here like we belong there. We're not, we're not to withdraw from here, we're supposed to live here in, in the mess, in the sorrow like we belong to a better city. So, when you listen to music on Spotify or YouTube, you know, when your album comes to an end, it suggests similar music based on your, your tastes, your preferences. Well, the Psalms, they suggest a playlist for this life's journey, which is the Psalms of Ascent. The Songs of Ascent. It's hard to determine exactly what that word ascent means, but most scholars believe that the readers of the Psalms uh, were, were using the Psalms as they went up to the festivals in Jerusalem. Three times a year they were commanded in Exodus 23 and 34 to go up to Jerusalem. All of the, the males were to go up to Jerusalem and make sacrifices and worship God. And some editor put these songs together thinking they'd be a good playlist for the, for the journey to Jerusalem. And it was always up to Jerusalem. No matter where you were, you were going up, up to Jerusalem. Jeru Shalom, the city of peace, where, God's pre where God would make his presence dwell. You remember we talked about it in the tabernacle. God would make his presence dwell there in the Holy of Holies. And Jerusalem became a moniker for that. Uh, uh, that was the place where God would make his special presence dwell with his people as they worshiped him and as he would display his redeeming grace and there where they were to go. And whenever they weren't in the special presence of God, they were on a journey there. So, the Psalms weren't necessarily written for the occasion of going to that, but some, someone like, like Ezra edited these Psalms, brought them together like like, like people, like, like, hymn, like the hymn books. It, there's a hymn book in front of you. 
Have any of you ever opened a hymn book before? If you have, you, you'll realize that uh, someone collated all the best songs that they thought of in the Christian tradition, they collated them into a hymn book and put them into certain spots. And, and you can go, you want to find a Christmas song? They put all the Christmas songs together for the festival of the incarnation. They put all the songs about resurrection, Easter songs about the resurrection together for the festival of the resurrection. Uh, this is what we think the editor to the Psalms did. After the exile, as they were heading home, some, someone edited all of the, the Psalms that point to Jesus Christ as a, as a way to get us through this journey of life. As they go to the festivals and they worship, they were to long for their true home in God's presence and to live like they belong there. To live here like they belong there. And so, we come to the the first psalm of that song, of, a, of those songs of ascents in Psalm 120. It says, a song of ascents. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. This is God's word. What a psalm to start the journey. Does, would any of you start your vacation with a song like that? I don't think any of us would. And yet, it, it really does display for us how the Bible understands this journey of life. It is sorrowful leading towards praise. It's lament leading towards praise. It's, it's, it's understanding that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And while we live here, we are citizens of a, a greater place, a, 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 a better home, a home where God lives. So as we, as we live in this place, I think this song is calling us to long for the place where God's presence, where, where we will not, we, where we can see him face to face. We don't have to worship him by faith any longer. We can see him. We will be with him face to face. We will, we will worship him as he is because we will be changed from one glory to the next. And he's calling us to long for that place and live here like we belong there. Long for there but live here like you belong there. I think, I think that's what he's telling us to do. And one of the ways to do that, to, be, to live in a sorrowful place, but looking for the place where you'll be praising him, is to pray. Longing and living means praising. Longing and living for then, to live there and then, means praying. N notice in verse one that this traveler, this fellow traveler on this journey who he calls out to, in my distress, in my anxiety, in my turmoil, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. This particular fellow traveler reaches out to God, cries out to him, pours out his heart to him, deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips. So as he starts his journey, 
Let's imagine him starting his journey in this life, and he is being slandered. He's being lied about. People are telling lies about him, are backstabbing him, are gossiping about him, and he has no recourse but to go to the Lord in prayer. He's not, he doesn't defend himself to, the, to, to those who are gossiping about him or slandering him behind his back. He goes to God alone. He, he does not attack, attack those who slander him. He doesn't set up his defense to them. He takes it to the Lord in prayer. And he declares simultaneously that the battle belongs to God and that he needs the Lord. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. He leaves his reputation in the hands of the one who knows truly and the one who can defend him. Maybe, maybe that has been you now or in the past. Your character has been slandered. And in your distress, where have you gone? In, in my mind, I, I start to make a plan. I, I start to defend myself in my own mind and, and, and then I, I, I make a judgment and I say, you know, God, this is not fair, but not this psalmist. Maybe it's David, maybe it's somebody else, but in his distress, he calls to the Lord. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. He's not passive about this. Prayer doesn't mean passivity, dear friends. He, he's not being passive at all, but he's praying. He's going to God, who, who's the only one, who's the judge of all the earth. He knows your reputation. He, he, he knows the true story. And time and truth are friends, and they will win out. Go to the Lord in prayer. Living in this place and longing for heaven, longing for a better place where there are no lies, doesn't mean doing nothing doesn't mean retreating you know, behind some iron wall or, or, or out into the desert or to the beach. It, it means living this life and this journey, not being passive, but being prayerful. The traveler who longs for God's presence will live in prayer. And like I said, that doesn't mean passivity. See, not only is he not passive over the evil happening to him, he is honest about that evil. Slander is wrong. Gossip is wrong. And dear friend, if, if you are tempted to gossip or slander or say things that aren't true or not stick up for people when their character is being slandered, let me just tell you, please, as a traveler, as one longing for a place where there are no lies, don't do that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Slander is breaking the ninth commandment. When and, and we're all tempted to do this. When we're slandered is to slander back, is to, to, to rage out and to, to gossip about people, whether it's true or not. Bearing false witness against your neighbor means not doing the best to build up your, their reputation. It's okay, though, friends, to call evil evil, even if you are the one being slandered. So for the first song in this fellow traveler's playlist is a song of lament, that things are not the way they're supposed to be. It is, a, it is a petition that God would make things right. It's as if he's looking towards Jerusalem, the, 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 even the new heavens, and, and the place where God makes his presence dwell, and he longs to be there where there is no lying and no war. 
be in God's presence is to be in a place of absolute truth and peace. And friends, maybe the lies of this culture make you want to do a whole lot of different things. Maybe it, the lies of this culture that, that tell us that things are not the way the Bible say, or um, that, that you can choose your own life and you can be happy without God, maybe the lies of this culture make you want to withdraw. Or maybe it, it, it makes you want to take action. The first action to take, friends, is to go to God in prayer. So the longing to dwell with God then and there necessitates the living like God's people here and now. He's, he's telling us to pray without ceasing. Not be passive, but to pray. So it's not only praying instead of passivity, it's, it's longing, and, longing and living next means that we work for justice here and now. Work for justice here and now. Well, where do we get that from the text? Verses three and four. His prayer actually is, like I said, is not passive, but he's, he's, he's asking for justice. What shall be given to you? What more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. The psalmist is asking God for justice. This is what is gonna happen in the end, and he wants justice. He wants it to be dealt with correctly now. He wants God to come to his aid and, and stop the lying and stop the, the falsehood. Friends, they will, the lying tongue will receive God's judgment. James tells us that the tongue is a, a world of iniquity and is set on fire by the fire of hell. But every lie will be dealt with by a just God. We don't have to take matters in our own hands. God is a better judge. He will rise up and take justice in the end. But aren't you glad that he hasn't taken justice now? If, if he had, if he had come, if, if God had brought full justice right now, all of us would be in a mess. All of us would have to be judged instead of, of God having mercy on us. Do you, do you feel like the lies of the world are more than you can bear? That the lies of personhood and sexuality are hard to cope with? The psalm teaches us that we leave judgment to God and pray for justice. And if we're honest, we believe and tell lies ourselves. Even now as redeemed creatures, we believe the lies that are in our head. We tell lies sometimes. And God in his, his kindness and his goodness has not let those reproaches fall on us. He's not taken justice on us like we deserve. He has not condemned us like we deserve. And that's the good news about Christianity, friends, is that Jesus, the perfect son of God, said that the reproaches of those who reproached you, told lies about you, fell on him. He took those reproaches, he took those lies, he took the judgment on the cross. And on the cross, the arrows of God's judgment fell on Jesus instead of on his enemies. The burning coals of God's wrath were poured out on him instead of liars like us. And so we can look to him in grace and we can pray for the salvation of those who gossip and slander against us and, and, and we can pray for them knowing that, that Jesus had mercy on us. This longing, 
for this new world to come, this new Jerusalem where God's presence dwells perfectly in holiness and love. Longing for there means living here like we belong there. Those who live in God's presence, who belong in God's presence, are those who have been forgiven of their sins. All of their sins. Sins of lies, sins of theft, sins of sexuality, sinning sexually, sins of anger, all of those, all the condemnation and all the justice was poured out on Jesus instead of us. Won't you turn to him? Dear friend, if you're not a Christian, if you've never asked forgiveness, turned from your sins, and whatever you're trusting in, won't you do that? You, you don't need anyone to pray anything for you. You can pray to God yourself, ask him, please forgive me of my sins, and he will forgive you because of the work of Jesus on the cross. Because of all the condemnation was taken from you to him. Friends, that when you turn to him, he, 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 he has changed you so that you will turn to him. And when you have turned to him, he, he, will, he will not pour out condemnation, but he will give you acceptance. He will bring you in to the family. And, and that bringing in creates a longing within all of us. It creates a longing for a world that we're not a part of yet, but we will be. The longing to be with God results in a living a, a life of turning and repentance. So the entrance into the Christian life, the entrance into uh, this, this new family and this, and this new journey that's now on our, on our way to everlasting joy and, and a world of love instead of a, a world of condemnation and hate. This, this longing for that world starts with repentance and continues with repentance. It's a life of turning. Turning away from this world, turning away from the lies and, and war to a world of truth and peace. Turning to the God of justice and peace. So friends, the only reason the, the poet here, the psalmist, wants this new city at all, wants, wants to be in a place where there are no lies and no peace is because God has changed his heart. He's turned away from the lies. He's turned away from the war. And he's heading on to a new city. Jerusalem was the city of peace, the city of shalom, of well-being, the place where God is gonna make his presence dwell in a special way. And he says, too long have I been in Meshach and Kedar. And we don't know everything about those two places, but we know they were in opposite ends on the map. And so he didn't live at both places at once, but they became a, a poetic uh, term uh, for living outside of Jerusalem, living outside of the presence of God, living, living outside of where God makes his presence dwell. Poetically, they stood for places of war and not for peace. And as the exiles had, had been banished in, into Babylon and Persia, and, and when the exile was over and they were coming back, Jeremiah said, some of you need to stay in your place, Jeremiah 29, seven says, some of you need to stay in your cities and work for peace there. You, you need to live and, and help your city prosper. And so a place like Meshach and Kedar, there were people that were coming to Jerusalem for the festivals, but they lived in places of war, places of lying. 
And if we're honest, all, all of us, no matter we live here or Portland or anywhere else in, in the globe, we are, we, are, we are living in places that are opposed to God. We're, we're living outside of Jerusalem, outside of heaven, outside of where perfect peace dwells. And those who do not long for the presence of God hate peace and long for war. So what should you do? What should you do? When you feel the tension of living in a land far from God and you feel distressed and, and anxious, what should you do? Have you called to the Lord in your distress? Have you turned to him in your seasons of anxiety? Have you understood that you've been at war with him and that you should pray and work for peace in your city? The call for for. Longing for justice starts with us, friends. It starts for us turning from, from loving war and hating peace to loving peace and hating war because that's who God is. The, the longing to dwell with God then and there necessitates the living like God's people here and now through, through, through prayer instead of passivity, through working for justice and through turning to him through repentance. And friends, this is exactly what the Lord's table reminds us of. As we're in a few minutes, we're going to be turning to the Lord's table, the communion, some friends call it the, the sacrament of the Lord's table. God has done everything necessary. The Lord's table tells you that God has done everything necessary to be at peace with you that you can be at peace with him and that he will be at peace with us. God has done everything necessary. He gave his body broken for you. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took, he took bread and a cup and, and these are visible reminders that, that the God of peace has made peace with you by giving his body. And we might be at peace with him both now and in the world to come. He gave up his life's blood for you, that you live in this world, but long for the next. He gave you a meal so that you know you can be at peace with him, and you can be at peace with others as, as best as you know how, as best possible. You can live at peace with those who even are lying against you. As the Lord's table reminds us, we have sustenance for this journey, this, this journey of life. Our dear friends are, are moving on to, to the next thing God has called them to, and we're so thankful that God has called them and are moving them, but God has given you sustenance for, for the way. He has given you, he has given you bread, and he has given you, he's given you the cup to, to remember that this life is not all there is. He's called us to long for the world to come, to, to, to long for heaven, which is a, a world of love. And as the church, to live here as a little outpost of heaven, spreading that love wherever we go, in our families, in our classrooms, at our jobs, on the softball field, on the soccer field, Whatever you're doing, we're, we're taking the love that he's giving us, this heaven that's a world of love, and we're living here now like we belong there then. As we turn to the Lord's table, I'm gonna pray for us a prayer of confession. 
give you time for personal confession. And we do this to remind ourselves that we're actually not worthy to take the bread and the cup on our own. It's, it's Jesus and Jesus alone that makes us worthy. And, and so he calls us to confess our sin. And he said that he'd be faithful and just to forgive our sin and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you don't have to be afraid to go to him. He wants you to come to him and he will forgive you if you trust in him alone. So let's go to him in prayer. Lord God, we have not lived like people who long to be with you. Have mercy upon us. We have lived like people who want approval of those who lie and make war against you. Have mercy upon us. We have lied and and made war with others around us, claiming it is in the name of peace. Have mercy upon us. We have lived like this world is our final home and forgotten that we will rise again and live with you forever. Great Christ, have mercy on us. I give you time for personal confession.